Merson has scored it. the legend Paul Merson, John O'Shea and Wes Brown are coming to Dublin. It's an exclusive off-air event. So if you want to be there, get on to offtheball.com forward slash events. Just eat the official food delivery partner of the UEFA Champions League. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. Friday morning, half past seven. You're very welcome along to OTB AM. Shane, good morning to you. Morning, Adrian. Good morning. good morning to you. Adrian and Shane, happy Friday. What are you Googling right now, Colin? <laughs> uh, just uh, what happened last night. No, I was putting it out there, right? I was having this chat the other day with someone um, and we were like... How did mass start? What's the first line that the priest would say? I thought you meant how did how did someone come up with the idea of mass? But no, you I actually mean I, I understand the origins. What was how th- does how does the priest start mass? Because at the end they were like, let's go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. So we have that. But anyone, how does mass start? Was it a prayer or a general greeting? Um, I don't know how this all started, but I do know that. Five minutes ago, I picked up the Daily Mail and I uh, was devastated. To yeah, I couldn't believe Adrian's face. He, he hadn't heard the news. He Such joking. a big part of my college years, particularly. Jerry Springer, the man who invented trash TV, it says here. I would not describe this trash TV. It was such good TV. Compelling TV has passed away at the age of just 79. Mm. Jerry, Jerry. It was like he was just a staple of all of our... Not right for a chain. No, no, that's... Uh, and Barry Humphreys during the week as well. All the greats. Yeah, yeah, um... You'd call, I was going to say a couple of comedic greats because Jerry Springer show was comedy, ah, it was. wasn't it? It was annoying. Like, it was, there was annoying on it. There's a smirk, like sometimes when there was people on the show that were quite clearly mates, but they're shouting at each other, and Jerry has a little smirk behind yeah. him. He's like, "This is brilliant." He, he know he knew it was brilliant. a lot of acting. I would have thought too. It was like in everybody's part, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Now Jerry Jerry Springer was a bit of a legend. Only seventy nine. Yeah, I was a bit shocked when I heard that yesterday. Yeah, really a young man, like yeah, yeah. So got to the bottom of the. Have you got to the bottom of the fourth mystery over there? I can't get still, it. You're still struggling. I can't get it, but look, we'll, we'll move on. Yeah, Loads I'd talk be about. happy to move on from yeah. that one, all right, yeah. Um, to the snooker, of course, because I was having Shane Ward to it last night, Shane. It was... Uh, it's hard to beat it, lads. Remember now what we decided beforehand. <laughs> Come on now. Could, we could have an Irish game, winner. Man. Colin, we could have an Irish winner for the first time since Ken Doherty in 97. Yeah, Mark Allen. Plenty of time to talk about that. Mark Allen's 5-3 ahead of and Mark Selby. And think of it now in the semi-final, you see. Best of 33. We're yeah. down to one table, as Shane's been telling us for oh, the yeah. last three months, it seems, mm. since it kicked off. And yeah. Mm. He's flying at 5-3 up. And Unbelievable. Cooking along. Lovely break yesterday. He was nip and tuck. He was 4-3 up. Uh, takes, the, takes the blue and cannons into the pack. Yeah. Gets a bit of a lucky break with the, one of the Reds hovering over a pocket and uh, yeah. cleans up pretty That last frame, like Selby could have taken that last frame and yet they, it was long, long way to go. How many more sessions would, could they have? I think it's I think it's four sessions in total. Um, to best of 33. It could be four sessions. Right. Sometimes it's finished in three. But um, the way Alan's playing, like the way he's played all season, you wouldn't bet against him. Like He's lost six stone, as I was saying the other day. Some of the Irish lads went up to him in, the, in Sheffield last week and said, you're half the man you used yeah. to be. He's um, Ronnie helped him to. He did, yeah, yeah. Way. Ronnie was was fairly pivotal in all that. I once saw Mark Allen hit a one four seven at an exhibition. Ronnie was there as well at the Hillgrove Hotel in Monaghan Town. Wow! So um, he's a man that looked like exhibition. John Virgo was there doing live commentary. Are they um, are they all in twos now? By the fact that uh, like uh, Ronnie's out, is that suddenly like oh, the vistas open and? Yeah, 100%. here for the taking now. Because playing Ronnie is is you, you, like snooker is never really home and away. But when you're playing Ronnie, you're very much the away player. Mm. Like nobody wants you to win. Mm. Uh, the crowd is clearly not behind you. But um, Ronnie being out, I'd say, gives them all a kick. I'd say I couldn't confidently now predict who is going to win of of the remaining four. Uh, Mark Selby is class, but he's not good for snooker, says John Claffey. 
I like Mark Selby as a person, and he's come out and said a lot of good things about um, his own mental health battles and that sort of That's thing. Right. He had a very tough upbringing as well. Um, but his style of play, yeah, his style of play is, is fairly tough to watch. I think Ronnie is called him the torturer. Mm. Just slow and it's methodical. Grinds you down a bit. Yeah, completely. Thought out. It's like Cliff Thorburn kind of vibes. We used to have, um, in the house that I grew up in at home, um, we used to have a room that was called the old shop because, funny enough, it used to be a shop. And uh, we used to have my brother converted it into a crucible theatre column. And um, we used to play, we got it for one uh, Christmas, we got a um, snooker table, Steve Davis, Pop Black. Ah, uh, yes. So it wasn't your full size, clearly, but it was somewhere between that and one of the little jokey ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we used to go full bore, like we'd be, we'd have our little corners, we'd have our uh, drink set up, <laughs> you'd enter the crucible, we would play for days on end, there would be absolute war. I'd say so, between brothers. You, hit the, you, you knocked the ball, you hit the table, I didn't get that. And we'd our little scoreboard as we went along. <laughs> so I was suggesting to him now, like 30 years later, um, that we should try and recreate uh-huh. that at a club somewhere in Dublin. But it's, you should, for sure. And I, I think these next few weeks, a lot of people will probably pick up a cue for the first time in years. It's the yeah. same as around Wimbledon. Everyone yeah. wants to play tennis again. Brilliant, uh, brilliant. But for the kids particularly, now, the Ruckus, what do you think, Colin? Would you be, what, what are your I thoughts on I can't believe that? the amount of space Eric Dyer gave Marcus Rashford last night for the second this goal. Is, this is what I'm dealing with. Did you, when you were, when you were younger, did you, what was your introduction to snooker, was it? <laughs> My introduction to snooker, Ken was probably my introduction to snooker, right. but not the 97 when I was probably just a bit too young, but the 03. And did you start playing off the back of that? Like I didn't play, like, I, I, we had a small, tiny snooker table, I mean one of those tiny little, little, yeah, the little uh, crap ones. You can't ones. even count that, I know, you can't. travel one nearly like. Yeah, essentially, and then I would have played, like, misspent youth, playing pool in, in the pub with your mates, yeah. that sort of thing, um, but I just loved watching it, there was something cathartic about it, there was something relaxing about it, but there was also something insanely intense about it yeah, and I've intense, got I found yeah. that when I'm at, when I'm at are you a competitive well. person by nature oh, ridiculously competitive. are you oh remarkably competitive like if you were if you were in uh, in playing a game against snooker against your brother for example things weren't going yeah well, well potentially you, seventh brother get on well, we get we on grand but, but how like, would that be like if it was you know eight all next round the winner I'd freak out like in, if, if he I'd be fine with it but then if he slagged me on the way home I'd be like no no, no I can't like, I can't. even I though, do, if I, we're playing board games at home I'm, I'm, I, I can't it. cope with that No, there are certain people in my life who if I get beaten I'm just not happy with it yeah it will frustrate the life of you yeah, yeah the, brother, the brotherly stuff is do you have a brother Colm? No. no brothers. See, the brother thing is a, is a different this, vibe. This is like a good, good columns. It is, yeah. Let us, let us, sorry, let us know in the comments why you want us to talk about snooker and tell us how much you love snooker. Tell us your first memories. Did you watch Higgins in 82, the Black Ball final in 85? Uh, prove Colm wrong here, basically, by filling the comments with snooker. Dara O'Toole says uh, that he's assuming that a young me uh, snooker player had to take much harder shots than his brother. Hashtag crappy quiz. There you go. Oh, <laughs> I see he's done there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was often, there was often slight... Sleight of hand. JP Wright, voice actor. Looking at United's fixtures in form, they could drop out of the top four and allow Villa or United in. Credit to Newcastle, who are awesome again. Did you, were you alive for the black, black Ball final in 85? No, you would have been too young. So Villa could actually really get top four here. Like, we were kind of joking It's like a twin day. track. It's a twin track show this morning. Yeah, we were joking the other day. I mean, but if it, we're going to talk about football this morning, it'll, be, it'll obviously have to be um, the United game last night, United-Tottenham. You know what you want to call me happy? You happy, yeah. Is this a trend? Is this 2-2 two, two stuff, 2-0 uh, up at half-time and fall to crap in the second half? Is this a trend now? Can we... You'd be concerned as United, if, you're, if you're United um, on that second half performance because a 2-0, you're thinking this is game over. The top four is secured. I think the top four is still secured when you look at the table. But um, it's, it's more the manner of I the performance. Know, I don't know. Do you think so? I don't know. I don't, I, I thought it was. We were only saying two days ago. And I, I think the top four was as more of, Surely even more of that belief now. Uh, just a very, very outside shot of Aston Villa 
possibly. Doesn't like it? it is actually remarkable that Spurs are ahead of Villa. Still, still, yeah, yeah, just about like level on points, but they're ahead that, of. That, that just says how bad Villa's start of the season. Yeah, was. it's incredible, and like the job that Unai Emery's done. And I, I was thinking in my head this morning, I was envisioning a world where last day of the season, Aston Villa break into the top four at the expense of Manchester United. And the then Unai Emery is interviewed afterwards, and I'm imagining, would he give any credit to Steven Gerrard? Would he be really humble and well, euphoric and be like, I look, I, look I'm only, I was only inheriting a great He squad. could only do that if it was followed by a laugh, because... I know, but I, I wonder... 15th in the table when... He I don't know why over. my mind went there, but that's what I was thinking. I was and like, I wonder what, how, he'll, uh, how gracious he'll be, because it is remarkable the job he's done. I think, look, I think you're right. I think the top four as it is, as we're looking at right now, this morning in the, in the table mm. it's probably how it will end uh, but for Manchester United yeah it's concerning but I uh, was very impressed by Tottenham's second half showing because mm. they were poor in the first half like really really poor and like I wasn't joking there when I said that like Eric Dyer like the jockeying he didn't go near Rashford I know it's on his weaker side uh, but Rashford's like Rashford renowned for power on each foot uh, Rio was saying in the analysis after he was like he was he was talking about it as a trend with Dyer. With Dyer. Why are you not getting in on top of him? Mm. He, he, he was saying, why are you not getting in and giving him a bit of a push yeah. and sort of like making yourself felt a bit? She's standing off him. You'd sort of half understand that if he was a little bit wider, but he was really narrow. Like it was. It was, mm. and I don't know, did Dyer think he was further out from goal or had a tighter angle again? But it, like from a United perspective, you're looking at being like, this is probably going to be a goal here. As soon as Rashford got control of the ball and it was a one-on-one situation, mm. I think Longley was joining in to help. Yeah. But if Dyer's just showing him down that side, like, I understand he was like, I don't want him to cut in his right because he'll definitely score then. But that, actually, the angle that Rashford shot from is a classic Marcus Rashford angle where it actually is quite tight, but he had such power and accuracy that it would go in. I had no doubt in my mind that he was going to finish that chance. Yeah. Uh, the United team just doesn't look the same without Martinez or Varane. Like, it's just the, and also, the, the, the first-choice left-back has to play centre-back, even though he's doing a pretty good job at that Luke Shaw. Yeah. So the back four last night is nowhere near what United's strongest team is. Casemiro is slightly falling off the the peak of February's form. Mm. But as Phil was saying earlier in the league, and he was like, look, it's just blown out of proportion massively, the hoopla around Casemiro, and that he was never that brilliant when everyone was saying he was a marker when that Sunday Times article was written about him in, the, in February being like, you know, one of the that, greatest though. midfielders playing the Premier League no, I, I, he was brilliant but also he's not playing that badly anymore it's just uh, or now it's just it's slightly tailored off from reputation that he had in February maybe he looked brilliant because of the players that were around him like if you're thrown into, thrust into that United team you're going to look good anyway because there's, there's but a lot of players, players haven't looked enough. good in the last decade when they are thrust into it that are on paper brilliant players yeah. they've fallen into the United culture of of mediocrity mm. I think he actually helped to to raise people's games around them but I think you've already touched on it Shane is that like the the missing link at the moment is the Verano Martinez yeah. partnership or lack of I think the apology in front of them. was mm. the thing that uh, really you know got Tottenham into you know pulled Tottenham <laughs> from the fires last night wasn't it I want you know what I was yeah. thinking last night 2-0 down at half time post apology where do they go from here where do they go from here? Go um, from here? Oh, yeah. Genuinely, like the you know the two 0 down, you have get Levy out of her club coming in from the stands. The, yeah. you have the United fans singing Harry Kane will see you in June. They get booed off at half time. You are thinking like it's not hindsight because we call it out during the week. Mm. The apology was embarrassing. Um, like where, you, where? What room does it leave you? Yeah, and I know. Look at they—they they come back. They get two goals. There's a hatful of chances that either side really yeah, could have there was loads. ended up winning that game in the end. But um, they're both so dragged down by their own mediocrity. It feels like they're unwilling to reach out and grasp yeah. the level yeah. of victory. That's why it was 
such an interesting game because they're such flawed sides, the two of them. Oh, completely. And they should be much better than they are considering what they have resources-wise. But Spurs, like, what an interesting team. Uh, there's never been a nil-all in the Premier League in the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Mm. Spurs haven't drawn at home nil-all in the Premier League since 2017. That's mad, isn't it? And also at the same time. Maybe it's not. I don't know what the, they're the stats... They're conceding bucket loads of goals. So only Leeds United have conceded more in the Premier League in 2023 than Spurs. And yet they're fifth. So they actually are. They're a high-scoring team if you look at their goals for Like, it's, it's more than most. So you're thinking, geez, if you were to reflect on this campaign for Tottenham, you'd be like... They were kind of Kevin Keegan, Newcastle era, four threes and three twos, and it was all very exciting. Yeah. But it seems to me that it feels around Spurs that they just lose all the time, yeah. and yet they're fifth. But I feel like, um, for coming back. I feel like if I was a Spurs fan, I'd be saying, I love you, but you are not serious people. Mm. Mm. They're really, I mentioned it a number of weeks back, that they're a bit of a pretend club. Like, Leaning into it here. You know, like we, we, one has a tendency to maybe overestimate things, right? Or to overstate positions and stuff they what, are what do you mean by pretend club though fifth in the table they're just sort of makey uppy they're a great like, club with great history history I know history they ha- they're, they're, they're a grand club with grand history do you know who Tottenham yeah you couldn't say they have great history you'd never say they were like if you start to ream off the top mm. 20 clubs in the world they're not really going to list off that. the top twenty Tottenham players that we remember. They'd be it'd be brilliant. Your life, well, no, they'd be great. But I mean, you could Fulham would have great history. Not as good as Tottenham as well. Georgie Best somewhere along the line. Well, yeah, you you throw him in. Yeah. Um, you know, great, I don't want to be I don't want to be triggering Tottenham fans this morning. They 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 are a very good club with a very good history. Mm. Yeah, it just their actual like they're they're actual history. Like they won they won the European Cup Winners Cup. The Logan Roy quote feels appropriate. They're just not. I love you, but you're not serious people. Oh, that's what you were calling. Oh, yeah. 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 But they won, the, um, yeah, they won the UEFA Cup twice, the European Cup. They won the FA Cup a number of times. Jimmy Greaves, was he a Spurs player when he scored? You can't, you can't he was be. Winning the FA Cup a number of times is no like recommendation that, of being a great club. Back in the day, that was a big deal. Yeah, it was. But I, no, I just think it, to cast aside them as being kind of like a bit meh. They are. I don't think so. I think they flattered to the sea so, so often. called it out years ago. Who's that now? It's only Tottenham. Oh, oh it's only Tottenham. Well, he was quoting Ferguson, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, John Smith, the comments, says Column got up on the wrong side of the cot. Yep, yeah, he sure did. Uh, Brian says, Liverpool's run is, in ha- is handy. Is, there, is it the wrong side of I the cot have, when have, it's the same side every morning? I only have one side Shame to get up on. Question. Right. You know I mean? Well, it was the wrong side today. No, I thought it was, I thought it was totally fine. Grant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool's run is handy aside from Villa at home. United have a few tough games left. Final spot is still open. Will Shane take back his comments on Arsenal season if United don't get top four? Obviously. Like... My point, it was, it was dependent on United finishing. I said, I would rather United... Okay, so are any Arsenal fans out there actually going to tell me that... Say, for example, United win the FA Cup. Now, it's unlikely that they'll beat Man City. Mm. But say United win the FA Cup. They'll have won the FA Cup, the Carabao Cup, and if they get top four... Carabao Cup. Please tell me that season. How can you say that that's a worse season <laughs> than Arsenal? Well, I think... If they finish second. And don't win any trophies. Okay, you might say Arsenal ahead of where United uh, are. I look Surely at, I, don't I don't know It feels like such a, a Reductive discussion But because, if Arsenal win the league Granted why, why can't we all be Successful teams It's, it's, it's about trophies At the end of the day isn't it uh, It's about development as well But that would be development From United's perspective Yeah but it, 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 also, it, it already Absolutely is development From an Arsenal point Oh of yeah for sure No question And the title wasn't One of their targets At the start of this season No But yeah. they've, they've moved on They've pushed on like, uh, Probably a victim Of their own success Because they've been They've overachieved This season massively yeah. if, if they were now Breaking into the top four 
and in second place. If, well, what a job Mikel Arteta has done. Yeah. It's just the order of the way they've gone about it. Um, uh, sorry, uh, just on last night, yeah. what do you reckon? Who would you give, uh, what would you lean towards? Would you give Tottenham credit for their second half showing or would you criticise Manchester United for falling off? More probably the former. I'd we have a bit of both. A bit of credit for Tottenham, I, I would give. What did we say last week? There's plenty of um, they blame to go around. Like, oh, was exactly this time last week. We were reflecting on the Sevilla disaster. Uh, but United were impressive in the first half. I thought, even though they dominated possession and chances, that they still they, they seem to lack a bit of confidence mm. in the final third. United that they're they're not they're not going about their business as, as probably fast and as confidently as they could be. Certainly, when you compare them, and look, it's an unfortunate comparison to 24 hours earlier when their neighbours were dominating Arsenal. But you look at how how quick and ruthless City are in the, yeah. the attack. And United are kind of a bit unsure of themselves, encapsulated by their first goal score last night, Jadon Sancho, who, beautiful finish, should have got a second afterwards, cleared off the line by Perisic, mm. who himself should have equalised for Spurs. Yeah. It felt like a weird... Or Rashford's you, you, Like a top ten that you would definitely do of um, goal line clearances of all time. Oh, that's if, a column of hate. It's a great like goal line clearances. Last night didn't, didn't feel like a brilliant goal line clearance. No, he was, was just... Sort of no, it was just good. It was good dribbling in. It was dribbling in, albeit... Oh, it was yeah. good. Well, if he wasn't there, it would have gone in. Uh, no, it would have done, I grant you that. Yeah. It being a goal line clearance and all. Yeah, but uh, you have to give him credit for positioning. There, actually, the reason it, didn't, it wasn't so exciting was because of his anticipation. Mm. Oh, it's a, good, it's a fair point. Uh, David Hale was good. A few good st- stops. Bruno Fernandes as well has been impressive in recent weeks for United. Uh, when some players haven't. It's his, the, it's his longest run without a goal yeah. at the club. Do you think he's been impressive? I, I think he's been a fulcrum in the last few weeks. Like You had to have him a good last few weeks, but Bruno's been one of the players that, that has probably stood up a little bit more. Mm. He still wrecks my head and annoys me. I can't, I can't imagine how opposition fans Well, I think everybody, everybody was saying that the collapse against Sevilla wouldn't have happened if he was there. And then, obviously, you see last night and you're like... Well, I don't know. He was there at Anfield in the last 7 nil. He was very much there. Yeah. That was a collapse. Um, just before we move on, lads, Everton, they're in serious trouble here. Like I really thought... Probably gone. Really thought mm. they'd stay up. And then I was looking around at their players last night and I was going to them individually and I was like, yeah, I could see him in the championship. Could see him. Do you know what was a complete? So there are what? So Southampton on twenty four points, they're yeah. gone. Everton on twenty eight points, second from bottom. Leicester City on twenty nine, and then you have the teams above that: Forest on thirty, Leeds on thirty. It's it's going to be those five now because West Ham above in fifteenth are on thirty four points. So you're talking Everton, Leicester, Forest, and Leeds. Two of those four go down. Was Bazunu um, dropped last night? That was that was yeah. that the only yeah. game he hasn't played. Yeah, and as uh, as Kathleen threw into our group there. First time ever in a round of Premier League games that an Irish player hasn't started. Who's the stat person we need to thank for that? There was somebody on Twitter that came up with it. It's very good. Uh, very good. But stat. it is. It is yeah. um, Irish abroad. Irish yeah. Abroad, Irish yeah. Abroad. That's a mad one, isn't it? Uh, it is. It, I really was surprised that I would have thought that would have happened numerous times. He, like, who knows, right? But he's obviously been in. I, I'm not watching enough Southampton games to know what Gavin Bazuna is like week in week out. You see a bit of him generally it's highlights. So he's making a save here or there, and he looks pretty good. He's obviously been amazing for Ireland. I certainly looked at that first goal last night that they conceded, and I thought, Jesus, the keeper sort of gently shuffling across mm-hmm. and uh, got caught with the ball coming across him. I don't know would Bazuna have saved it. I certainly felt as if he'd have been in a better position for it. Um, mm. But I don't know. Who knows? I'm not watching enough of it to be able to say for sure. Alexander, ben, uh, Alexander Isaac, uh, yeah. one of the great assists oh. in the Premier League last night. Top ten. Uh, top ten. <laughs> uh, I was putting. I was putting it out there beforehand. I was like, did he actually um, do a lot of skill, or did he just run <coughs> in a straight line? And Everton didn't know what to do with him. 
I think because he carried the ball so far. That is a skill. Running in straight lines. So? so many players don't want to run straight. They're they're feared. Mm. Run for goal. That's, a, that's something you're told in many leagues when you're seven or eight. But like, you, 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 people, people it's hard to run it. in a straight line because yeah. it's the most obvious line that you can yes. run. And yeah. you assume that somebody's going to take you out. Mm. So actually, the skill of pretending that you're going to take a different angle. Yeah, is probably as yeah, totally. Uh, and I think there's actually a lot to be said for like you said, saying you're right. Like you should really just go direct that goal, <laughs> but if you consistently lose the ball that way you're going to lose your confidence as well it's like I keep getting dispossessed because I'm going straight for goal which I think is a lot of players take the circuitous route to avoid that confidence hit yeah. it's like if I go out wide and I get tackled I'll probably go out for a throw yeah. or something or I'll get something for it but if you go all out down the middle which was actually that's why it was so remarkable to watch Erling Haaland against Arsenal where oh. he just had no respect for them and went right down the middle of them consistently yeah. and Arsenal were getting destroyed as a result now Haaland I know is a freak of nature but I'm surprised more players don't do that and have more confidence but it just goes to show tis all in the head Are, are kids now going to be growing their hair long because Haaland has it? I think, I think Haaland dropping the hair in the 93rd minute and scoring the minute later Marketing genius Marketing genius Between I think him kids, and James Lowe it's like When, yeah, I, when yeah. I was younger David Beckham went bald so I went bald When Beckham got a Mohican I got a Mohican Mullet bald. Mullet I <laughs> went <laughs> bald Literally I, I, sh- yeah. I went to the barbers and what, what, Remember Beckham 01 the Greece yeah. free kick the buzz cut Shave it Like I mean like I, I remember one footballer wore a an American bandana. He played for America, and he, he wore a bandana. So I went to the mini leagues the next week and wore a bandana. And right. I bought it and got the fathered by it on eBay or something. Yeah. And um, so it's, it's very, very influential what yeah. footballers do. So I think a lot of kids are going to be like, "Can I have? Can I have the Holland?" Flowing locks. There's, there's an awful lot more commitment to have to grow your hair that <laughs> yeah, long yeah. than there, there is. is going in to get a buzz cut chain. That's for, the, uh, or yeah. buy a bandana on eBay. <laughs> it's like, a bit more difficult. Yeah, growing I the hair. Interrupted you there. You were mentioning um, Benny. Agbenay scored yeah. for Rotherham last night as well. Yeah. It was probably a bit of a foul in the lead into it and uh, he heads it home from close range not spectacular but they should not let the day go past without uh, name checking that goal's a goal yeah uh, by the way JP Wright uh, voice actor uh, feels like he's like a little mini ad for himself going on there every time he comes love in love it yeah, but, uh, yeah. Man. I met Higgins and Goffs when he beat Hendry in uh, 1989 uh, mm. is that right Alex Higgins yeah it would be yeah. Hendry Stephen Hendry was there yeah, yeah. 89 yeah. 89 yeah Hendry won his first world championship in 90 Wow. There you go. Gentlemen, and uh, the first time I knew what whiskey smelled like. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it was, it was one of those. Like, I saw Jimmy White the other day talking about Alex Higgins and playing with him. And Ken Doherty has, has the famous story of Alex Higgins at Goffs, where he would be. He, he was one of those players who could play drunk. Like, he just mm-hmm. could, could do it for some reason. Um, and he would ask for. If he asked for an orange, he told the, the usher, if I asked for an orange juice, get me a vodka orange. And if I asked for a vodka orange, get me a double. And that was the consistent thing throughout Goffs. Yeah. And Higgins just. I mean, he was he was a genius, flawed genius, obviously, Flawed, yeah. but um, uh, unbelievable. I saw him actually in the last few months of his life. I was at an autograph event over in Birmingham in 2010. A load of astronauts were over there, of course. That's why I was there. Mm. Um, but Alex Higgins was there, and like I couldn't even go up to him because he was he looked so frail Rattle. and fraught. And you love those uh, autograph events. I couldn't think of anything worse. Really? Yeah. Ah, the great crap. Autographs. I never really got. I'm not going to lie. I was big into them. But when I was, I think it was like 15, 16. I was really into it. Yeah. Like collecting autographs and writing. So you're still into it. I'd st- see, I don't ask anyone for autographs anymore. No, it's a bit yeah. weird. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a bit weird. Isn't it? Kids nowadays just go for the selfies. Yeah. That's the new autographs. Um, there's probably something else that people go for, but that's my um, that was my thing. Noel Cahill says that Spurs are only a big club because of their London location and a lot of friends in the media. So um, I'm sure that's a topic that we'll come back to again. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.